Well, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 14. Um, I'm on a subject here. We're back on our Corinthians series, and I'm probably going to be talking about probably the most controversial subject in all the Bible today, speaking in tongues. Yeah! <laughs> Please give me that. Uh, it's a great subject, and it's such, such a misunderstood subject. And so you can follow along on our app and uh, for our notes there, or you can download our app, search your app store, whatever you're on, uh, Google, Amazon, or uh, uh, Apple, and you can search for Cornerstone KC. But I want you to follow along with us, because I think it's one of the most misunderstood parts of the Bible. It's the most controversial um, part, but it's in the Bible. And so we don't shy away from controversy. Um, we want to we embrace what God has for us, all of it, no matter what other people say, right? Amen? And so we want to do what the Lord has for us here. And so in chapter 14, Paul's going to distinguish between the public gift of speaking in tongues, which has to have an interpretation, and the private grace, which is a prayer language. And so we're going to be talking about that here in just a minute. But I want you to understand that Paul prayed in tongues. And he says, I will pray with the Spirit and with my understanding. And there's a benefit to it. And so we got to understand, everything that God does for us, there's a benefit for us. Whether we understand it or not, there's a benefit. And it builds us up. And, then I, and I, I'm going to just be real honest with you at the very beginning. I speak in tongues. And uh, I love it. I've, I've, when I first got saved, you know, we, we, my, my family were heathens. We had one Bible, and it was a decorative piece on our, our, our living room. And I was not supposed to touch it. It had dust all over it. You're not supposed to touch it. My mom knew if I touched it because it, I, my fingerprints were on it, you know, because no one touched it. And mom must not have cleaned well. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> this came out. Anyway, but... But I wasn't supposed to touch it. But when we got saved, we got radically saved. I mean, my dad, my mom, my whole family. My, I have a twin sister who's not as pretty as I am. And um, <laughs> we all got saved. And we went to this church. And it was a Baptist church. Because, you know, in the South, if you, how many guys were ever raised in the South? You're either Catholic or you're Baptist. We knew we weren't Catholic, so we went to a Southern Baptist church. That's all we knew to do. You know, that's that we were invited by somebody but we didn't know it was a, 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 a Baptist church that believed in the gifts of the Spirit. And so we went in there, and we didn't know what was happening this whole time. This is my, we, we, we didn't know what salvation was. We didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I heard someone speak in tongues behind us and uh, gave an, a, a tongue in the service. And, uh, and I'm thinking, I, I'm just so hungry for the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm pretty young. I'm only uh, 12 years old. And uh, my family, we were just so hungry. We didn't know what it was. And I, I leaned over to my mom and I says, Mom, is there a class we can take to learn that language? I would like to learn that language. Because I didn't, I didn't know what it We didn't know anything. I didn't know the Gospels were all about the same story. I didn't, we didn't know anything. We were just ignorant of that. And, uh, and then one day in August in 1983, a guy by the name of Bill Hammond came to our church. And he's a prophetic guy. And um, I was, went out to the, to the uh, bathroom, and I'd come back, and I, you know, the place was full, and, was, and I'd sat in the back row of, of pews. And, um, uh, and uh, when I came back in, and he started giving an altar call and asked if uh, anybody here wanted to receive the Lord as their Lord and Savior. And I didn't know anything. I thought, I didn't, am I young, old enough? I didn't, and I wanted to. There was just such a drawing to go up there. 
And, uh, and so uh, he gave the altar call. I wasn't going to go up. So this older gentleman back in the back, one of the deacons of the church, came up and tapped me on the shoulder. And he said, son, do you want to go up? And I just jumped up. I walked down that aisle. As soon as I walked down, my mom and dad was on the third row. As soon as I walked, right as I got to them, they, had, they just got up automatically. They didn't see me. They got up with me. My twin sister got up. She really needed to get saved. And, um, <laughs> and <laughs> walked up, and we, we gave our lives to the Lord. And, and then he asked us, do you want to be filled with the Spirit? And we said, we're up here. I want to, what we want it all. We all got filled with the Holy Spirit when we spoke in tongues. I've never stopped since then, never looked back, loved it ever since. Speaking in tongues, the Bible says, builds you up. I don't know how, I don't know why it does, but it builds me up. So I wanted to talk about speaking in tongues. I want to talk about the gift of tongues that operates, in, because this is what was happening in the Corinthian church. They were using it in a wrong way. They were. Um, being, uh, we speak in tongues, and there's some that probably didn't speak in tongues, and so there's probably this, just like when, remember when they brought food in, you know, when they were supposed to come and they would eat after the service, they would bring food, you know, the A through N, supposed to bring a side dish, and, and the rest is supposed to bring dessert, and, but they wouldn't share with the poor people, so this is what's happening possibly during this time in Corinth is that people spoke in tongues, and they expected you to understand it. And if you didn't understand it, you probably weren't spiritual enough. So that was some of the things that were happening. So they were speaking in tongues, but there was no interpretation. And Paul has to bring some correction. Now, we don't look down on This wasn't sin. You understand this. This isn't going to stop people from going to heaven. But Paul said it was out of order, and that he wanted to bring some boundaries and give some understanding about what this uh, thing is for. And, uh, and so this is what's happening in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So the gift of tongues, many have questions I know about. And I'm sure you all have questions today and have about this gift. And I was looking at um, a guy, he's a theologian named Sam Storms. He has a, a book, uh, he says, The Beginner Guides to Spiritual Gift. And he says this, I was raised in a tradition that views speaking in tongues as barely a notch above snake handling. Ignorant and undignified people spoke in tongues probably with their eyes rolled back in their head sockets while on the verge of something akin to an epileptic seizure, so I was led to believe. And that may be some of us. We believe that or we've been taught that in some way. Or maybe some of you are here. You don't even know anything I'm talking about, so this is brand new for you. Well, welcome. It's going to be good for you. Trust me. He says, contrary to the, the caricatures that many have, have had of the gift of tongues, most will satisfy how it has served to enhance and deepen their relationships with the Lord Jesus, which is precisely what prayer and praise are supposed to do. Believe it or not, they can still tie their shoelaces, balance a checkbook, drive a car, hold down a job, and, rarely, and, and they rarely ever drool. I don't mean to be sarcastic, but this gift of the Spirit has a terrible public image. For people to reveal when they speak in tongues that is risk to being perceived as a mindless, spiritual, flabby fanatics who periodically mumble while in a compulsive or hypnotic trance. And then he goes on and talks about how beautiful this is. And a lot of times we have these misconceptions of speaking in tongues and how 
it's wrong. And even it's actually in movies and everything else, but it's not portrayed in, in the right way. But I want to show you through the Word of God the beauty of this language and how beauty, beautiful it is. Because Paul certainly wasn't mindless, flabby, or fanatic regarding and speaking in tongues. So in chapter 14, Paul's distinguishing between the, the, between the public gift of speaking in tongues with an interpretation and that private grace gift, which is the private prayer language uh, to God. Now Romans 8, he writes this in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. He says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And all he who and he, and he who searches the heart knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance to God's will. So there's a difference between the the purposes of speaking in tongues in public and the and the grace gifts. So let me go over this re, real quickly. Your prayer language. This is something that's a, that is given by the Holy Spirit, and I, I really believe everyone can do this. I just don't see it in the Word of God where you can't. Now I do understand this that some people don't and and i don't want to this this is not we're not going to be a place of haves and have nots here okay so but i believe it's there now there's some people i know who are very spiritual who love jesus and very powerful with the lord and know the lord that do not speak in tongues they wish they could and they've tried and they've went after it and for some reason that's not there i don't know and paul even states i wished you all Spoken tongues. So even in the, the in the Corinthian church, there were some who didn't speak in tongues, and so it doesn't make you less of a Christian. So I want you to know that right off, you are not less of a Christian if you don't speak in tongues. Amen. 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 I just know that what I've received is so wonderful and so beautiful. I speak in tongues every single day. In fact, if you see me in my car. And you see my mouth going, I'm speaking in tongues. If there's no one else in there, I'm speaking in tongues. And that's what I'm doing all the time. I'm speaking to the Lord. And it's such a beautiful thing. And so that's why I believe, because I don't see it anywhere else in the Word, that he he doesn't give it to people. So if you're still searching, keep searching. Keep asking. And God's going to give you that. I believe that. First, it's for, it says, the prayer language is that... The purpose of it is to speak to God himself. All throughout the Bible, when it's talking about tongues, it's speaking to God, unless there's an interpretation. It speaks mysteries. It edifies yourself. Jude 20 says, build yourself up in the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. um, No interpretations needed. Your mind is unfruitful, but it is for the believers. It's a matter of obedience. God urges us to pray in the Spirit in Ephesians chapter 6. It builds us up spiritually. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 explains, says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So it's it's a good thing to speak in tongues. Praying in the Spirit allows the Holy Spirit to intercede for us in alignment with the Father's heart. It's, It's a perfect prayer when you're praying. It's a perfect prayer. You intercede in, during that time, and it's a perfect prayer. Even though your mind is unfruitful, prayer is happening, and God is, is receiving that prayer. It's a key to unlock even the other gifts of the Spirit. Praying in tongues, actually, it's a weapon. It's a weapon of spiritual warfare. In Hebrews, I mean, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 to 18, says, Take the helmet of salvation. It talks about all, all the, uh, uh, the helmet of salvation. It talks about... 
about putting on the, the, uh, the, the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. And then it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. But we gloss over this last part. Praying at all times in the Spirit. Praying at all times. He wants us to pray all times in the Spirit of God. And I'm going to go on and talk about this a little bit more a little bit later here and explain what that really is and what God wants us to do. But it's a good thing. Praying in tongues is a good thing. This is something that we should desire, something we should do all the time in our life, praying all the time because it does. It builds you up. Then he talks about the gift of tongues, and we'll talk about this too. The gift of tongues, the tongues and interpretation of tongues. And this is speaking to God, but it has something to do with man, okay, in some way. It's a message to be understood. It edifies the church. Interpretation needed. It is needed during this time. And so what's happening, when, what's happening here is when someone is giving a tongue in the service or with a group of people, or it could be just with one person, there has to be an interpretation. So this is what probably was happening in the, the Corinthian church. They were speaking in tongues and nothing was being done. Nothing was fruitful. And so what was happening, no one understood it. And they could have been in the whole service, everyone speaking in tongues. And, and hopefully, hopefully they were thinking someone's going, to have an, someone's going to understand this. And if you're spiritual, you would. And if you're spiritual, you're not. And so Paul's bringing some correction here. And so they were using it in the wrong way. And so let me give you a side note. There's an interpretation. And I want, I, want, I want to provoke study here. And so if you were raised in charismatic churches or simply God, Pentecostal churches, um, you might have issue with me right now. If you weren't raised in any of those, you might, you might be okay because you haven't even thought of this. But the interpretation, I believe, we might have been doing it wrong. I've been in, in ministry for um, over 30 years. I, I've been saved since 1983. So, oh my goodness, is that almost 40 years? Man, Mitch, you're getting old, man. <laughs> He's younger than you. Anyway, I, um, I, I've, I've had issues with this gift. It's not with the speaking in tongues part. It's been with the interpretation. All the gifts that Paul lists are different. They have different re purposes. The gift of wisdom. I mean, the, the, the words of wisdom, words of knowledge, the gift of healings, the gift of working in miracles, you know, gift of prophecy. They all have differences. But when we come to the gift of tongues and interpretation of t tongues, it has always been prophecy that's been the interpretation. And I think we've been wrong. I don't think it's prophecy. Now, don't throw stones. Study it. Let's talk about it. I think we're missing something deeper. Because everywhere I see speaking in tongues, it's vertical. It's to God. I believe everywhere that we, we see it, it's either prayer, worship, or speaking about the Lord himself. In fact, when the, in Acts chapter 2, when they came out of the upper room, remember that? They were speaking in tongues. Some people thought they were drunk, so they didn't understand them, right? Paul says it's not that time of day. You've got to wait till 4 o'clock. He didn't say that, but anyway, you know what I'm saying. But there were some that heard them in their own language, right? So they had an interpretation. 
So, well, what do they hear? The mighty works of God. And so I think sometimes we put it towards, because in our culture, we want everything about God to be about us. So prophecies is purposeful for edifying the church. It's about you. But what if the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues is all about God and it brings glory and awe and wonder about him? So maybe sometimes we've missed it about the interpretation. So this is what I would like for you to do. Let's have a discussion. I'm not saying I'm completely right. I'm mostly right. But anyway... (laughs) But I want to have a conversation about this because I think we've missed it over times and it's not always prophetic. It Can it be? Of course, I'm not God and I don't choose that. But what if it's something, the, the interpretation is all about God himself and it causes his people to worship and be in awe and wonder and shows the beauty of God in that interpretation? Just a thought, okay? Amen? You guys okay with that? So put that to the side, and if you're angry about it, talk to God about it, and, uh, and uh, put it to the side right now, because that's not really, I just wanted to talk about that, because I want to I bring maybe some deeper things into this gift that maybe we haven't done as, as the body of Christ in America today, amen? Because we don't want to forbid it, we don't want to stop it, but, um, and we're not going to, and if, if you come up and you felt, and someone gives a tongue, you have to come up on stage to do it. Used to, in, in, in the olden days, you just blurt it out. Well, you can't do that anymore because our worship team have in-ears and they don't hear you at all, and, uh, and it just kind of just gets messed, but messed up. So come up to me, come up to one of the elders, and if you have a, have a message in tongues, come up to the stage. They'll, they'll come up to the elders or one of us will bring you up on the stage you give the, the, the message in tongues and if you have an interpretation whether it's that person or somebody else no more than three you come on up here and uh, we'll see what comes out of it and we'll judge it and if you're wrong we'll tell everybody no, no we won't do that <laughs> I'm just joking but, we, we, but maybe it's not about us but it's about him amen okay anyway so tongues are important. So 1 Corinthians 14.2 says this, For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man, but to God. For no one understands, but his spirit he speaks mystery. Paul says again, um, verse 5, he says, Now I want you all to speak in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14. In fact, he even says, I speak in tongues more than you all. 1 Corinthians 14.18 says, I thank God I speak more than you all. That's an important part. Paul says, I speak in tongues all the time. And he, he, he's, he's validating this, this gift of tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, 39. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. So the Apostle Paul, who wrote the, most of the New Testament, spoke in tongues more than all of us. In fact, the fastest growing part of Christianity throughout the world is people who speak in tongues, our charismatic Pentecostal churches. Because there's power in that. So what is speaking in tongues? What is speaking in tongues? So before we get to that definition, I I, want to mention there's a better translation than the word tongues. The preferable translation is speaking in languages. 
So it's languages. So it might, might cool down some of the, the things on speaking in tongues and the word tongues. It's speaking in languages. It could be a, an angelic language. So the Greek word is glossa, and it can be translated tongue or language. So if we see speaking in language, languages, it might not seem so strange. So uh, Wayne Gruden said this in, speak, in System the- Theology. He says, systematic theology, he says, speaking in tongues is prayer or praise spoken in syllables not understood by the speaker. So the Old Testament begins creation in Genesis 1. And so we read the story, we're, we're absorbed in it, and suddenly in Genesis chapter 11, we find God moves. God creates different languages. Remember the Tower of Babel. And to frustrate the plans of men to build a tower to heaven. So all at that in Genesis chapter 11, languages, different languages happen during that time. And the result is that many different languages all throughout the world. And the reminder of the Old Testament is all about the account and the preparation for the Messiah, Jesus, to come to earth. And then Jesus comes, and he lives that perfect life. He dies our death. He's, he takes our sin upon himself. He's raised on the third day and ascends into heaven. But before ascending into heaven, he tells his disciples to wait in Jerusalem to be endued with power from on high. And so Pentecost comes, and, and, and the curse of different languages is somewhat reversed at Pentecost. Not yet fully, but not completely, but in part. And one day languages will be completely completely overcome, fully overcome. And here in Acts chapter 2, they were in Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, verse 1, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound of like a mighty rushing wind and filled the entire house they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared on to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and on the and at the this sound the multitudes came together, and they were bewildered because each one were hearing them speaking in his own languages, and they were amazed and astonished, and and saying, "Are all these speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear them in our own native language? Parthians and Midians and Elamites and the residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and all these other places in Asia." And here's what he says in verse 11, both Jews and proselytes, creations and Arabs, we hear them telling in our own language the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But there's others there mocking them. These are the ones that didn't hear them in their own language, and they were, that they were filled with new wine. They were drunk. So we believe this is still happening today. Speaking in tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the empowering of the Holy Spirit of God is in us today, and it's important. All these gifts of the Spirit that was happening in Corinth, that was happening at Pentecost, in Ephesians, and in all church, a lot of churches all throughout the world today, this is one and the same thing. We have no scriptural warrant to say otherwise. And it's not limited to human language but it includes angelic language. Now look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13.1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. So there's, there's tongues of men. You guys, you and all, all of us know that. We, we speak in tongues of men, but we can also speak in tongues of angels or heavenly language. Speaking in tongues has not ceased. 
They will cease upon the return of Jesus Christ, as so many other things will. We will not need all that anymore. We'll be all unified and all perfect when he comes. Everybody said amen. amen. So what's going on when someone speaks in tongues? So what's going on when I speak in tongues? What's going on when you speak in tongues? The Bible offers a, a few different answers on this. In verse, in verse 2, he says, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, you're speaking to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. The first point is obvious, but we, but we often overlook it, that we speak it. We speak it out. It's not God just speaking through us. It's us who speaks by the Spirit of God. My story in speaking in tongues, I, I gave you that earlier. I started speaking immediately. Now, my dad, it took him a few months before he started speaking in tongues. But once I started doing that, I, I did it all the time. I got out of the boat. I, the, the Spirit of God doesn't make me do it. Um, he doesn't force me to do it. I, I'm not taken over by His Spirit and I'm out of the way and I'm speaking in tongues. No, I choose to speak in tongues. I get out of the boat. I'm, I'm speaking in tongues. And as we speak in tongues, we speak to God. I don't understand what I'm saying. But I know that He does. And I know it builds me up on the inside. I'm built up inside. I'm built up. I know that. What about Pentecost? Some of them understood. Yeah, there is sometimes you speak in tongues and people understand. I, I've given the story about Haiti many times. Is when I was in Haiti when I was uh, 14 years old. And, and uh, this lady that was with us, who was this assembly of God lady, and uh, who... Uh, acted weird to me. I mean, I was, I was, you know, she was a very nice lady, but she was kind of weird sometimes. And, uh, but she wanted to go look at some art pieces that was down the road, down a hill from our hotel. And so the, the missionary asked me to go with her because he didn't want her, her to go along. And so I said, really? I mean, but I went along and, and walked her down there and she was looking at some paintings. Well, she decided not to buy the painting. I said, okay, let's go up, let's go back home, back up to the hotel. I wanted to go swimming. That's what I wanted to do. And so, um, so she was there and wanted to buy a painting. But the guy who was selling the paintings did not speak hardly any English, just speak Creole, which is like French, and, uh, and started to, to talk to her in Creole. And she says, no, no, no. But he wouldn't leave us alone. We started, we, I just said, let's walk away. So we started walking away. He started following us because he wanted us to buy one of his, he was a great salesman, right? And um, wouldn't leave you alone. And so, uh, so he was started walking with us. Well, she looks, starts looking over to him, and he, he, he keeps on saying no. And I went no, because you know, I want to. She's, she's stopping and talking with him. Won't well, come on. Well, I said, well, come on, let's just go walking. He starts walking with us. She looks over to him, and starts speaking in tongues. And I went, yep, she's crazy. <laughs> I'm saying this. I'm going to tell on her. And uh, so we're walking up. This guy keeps on walking with us. She keeps on speaking in tongues. And I'm thinking, oh, what's happening? I mean, I would have left her by now, you know, but we're in, in this, this area. And so we keep on walking. He walks up, keeps on walking, and they're having a conversation. She's speaking in tongues. He's speaking in Creole. And I'm thinking, they are both out of their minds. <laughs> but then as we keep on going up, he starts crying. And I'm thinking, man, this guy really needs to sell. And so I go over to the missionary and I says, hey, What's her name? Is talking to this guy in tongues. You need to go, go, go get her out of that. She's crazy. I'm going to go swimming. So what happens is he goes over there. The lady 
started, was speaking in tongues all the way up, the guy understood her, and he led her to the Lord. Yeah, I mean, she led him to the Lord all the way up there. He had given his life to Jesus. Man, did I feel like an idiot. So he heard her supernaturally in Creo, and she led him to the Lord. There's a time I was in, uh, I went on a, to a conference, and my, my dad sent me on to a conference when I was like 15, 16, and uh, it was in uh, Florida, and, uh, and so we were worshiping, and, and we, I was just, I was just, I was worshiping in tongues. I was just singing songs and melodies to him in tongues. I wasn't too, really loud, but the lady, it was a real packed, you know, place, small place, about three or 400 people, and this lady right next to me was right, well, just sitting right next to me when I was worshiping. And at the end, you know, they told us to greet everybody around, so I just greeted, greeted people around me, greeted her, and she started speaking to me in another language. And I, I didn't know what it, what it was, and I said, ma'am, I don't, I don't understand what you're speaking. She says, you don't speak Hebrew? And I said, ma'am, I'm, I've got a C in English. I barely speak English. And, <laughs> and so um, she says, are you kidding me? She says, you prayed the most beautiful prayer in Hebrew that I've ever heard. This woman was from Israel. So it can happen that way. And so that's the beauty of this language. It is a powerful language. When it's done correctly, and the Corinthians weren't doing it really correctly, but your prayer language is there for edification. That word edification means to strengthen, to build up, to build up spiritually. The one who speaks in tongues builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. So we believe that. I believe that. I don't know what happened. I, my, my mind is unfruitful. I don't understand it all. So there was a study by Pennsylvania University. This comes out of an article that was written in the New York Times in 2006. They did a study of people who spoke in tongues. And what they did, they, they, they had scans of their brain as they were speaking in tongues. And they did a lot of scans to see what was happening. And one of the things they saw was the, the part of your brain that controls your, your speaking was dormant. Isn't that cool? Your mind may be unfruitful. It's not who you are. It's your spirit that is speaking. There's something powerful about that. And it's built up. So in chapter 14, Paul is explaining the purpose of tongues so that we would use it correctly because it's an important part of who we are. It's an important part of a believer. And I know it seems weird, and it does seem weird, but it's God. It is such a God thing. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? That's what Paul's saying. I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. So it's important that we, we do both. So the person speaking in tongues has an unfruitful mind, but is built up in their spirit. Faith rises up in you. So you expect your mind to be unfruitful. In fact, expect to resist the spirit. And a lot of times your mind needs to get out of the way anyway, right? 
And, and a lot of times we don't want to do these things because it's not natural to us. It's not normal to us. Well, God, what God does is not normal. Who sends his own son to die on a cross for people who don't love him? Right? But he did, and I'm thankful that he did that. So our mind is unfruitful. So how will we pursue the gift of speaking in tongues? So the Bible teaches this. We will not limit God, and we shouldn't limit God. We will desire that God gives us everything that's available to us. If it's a God thing, desire it. Amen? Desire it. We desire all of it. So 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. We will be cautious in our use of tongues publicly, but we will always seek an interpretation for the benefit of the whole church. So we discourage a corporate use of tongues or singing in the Spirit corporately without an interpretation. So you will never hear me speak in tongues up on the stage unless I have an interpretation because it's unfruitful. So it's, it's disorder when we do that. It's not right. If there's tongues, it needs to have an interpretation when we do it corporately. That doesn't mean you can't be there on a Sunday morning and speaking in tongues, right? We're not going to have speaking in tongue police here, and if we hear you, we're going to tell you, you need to interpret that. No, we're not going to do that, right? But what we're going to do is that we're going to honor people around us in it also. So we're not going to be so loud, right? that it causes distraction, because it can be distraction to people. So we discourage a corporate use unless it's going to be interpreted. 1 Corinthians 14.23, see, if therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your minds? So yeah, why is that? Because most people don't understand spiritual things. So when you talk about spiritual things to the world, so people who don't know, they don't understand what's happening. And so when you're speaking in tongues, they don't really understand that. And so Paul sends, says when the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues, there could be outside, there could be unbelievers present, and we need to honor them and not do that in front of them. So that's what they were doing in the, in the church of Corinth, is that they were speaking in tongues all the time. And, and you know, people probably weren't being built up. They weren't being saved because that's not what it was for. There was no interpretation. But if we gather in a small group, you're gathering in a small group, and there's you know everybody there and everybody's presence, you all can speak in tongues, and that's not, uh, that's not wrong. Now, understand this also. None of this is sin if someone hears you, right? So we're not going to have police policing everybody at all. That's not what we're going to do. In fact, I encourage you to sing songs in worship to yourself, to the Lord in the times of worship because it even enhances your worship. But don't be real loud about it and be audacious about it and be, be, uh, be disruptive about it. Amen? We will stress the importance, though, of prophecy over tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 says, Pursue love. I'm going to be talking about love here in a few weeks. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gift, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him. But, if he, uh, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. 
On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more so to prophesy. The one who prophesy is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. So we encourage here at Cornerstone, a private or devotional use of tongues. We encourage that. And at the end of the service, our prayer team is going to come up here. And if, you, and if you have never spoken tongues, listen, come on up here. We're going to pray for you today. I'll be up here and I will pray for you. Because we want that to happen because I believe in it, in it so much. So we encourage that private use. And Paul sets the example for, the, for, for us by his practice of, of what it needs to be done in the church. So 1 Corinthians 14, 19 says, Nevertheless, in the church, I'd rather you speak five words with my... Uh, I'd rather you speak five words um, in, uh, in order to instruct others with, with your own language than 10,000 words in tongue. Why is that? Because we want people to be built up. I'm not speaking in tongues right now. If I did, unless there was an interpretation, it would cause you no good unless there's an interpretation. So now, we will never pressure anybody in this area. We will never manipulate people in this area. We believe everyone can speak in tongues. But not everyone will. And that's okay. We love God and we love people and that's supreme. So spiritual gifts bless the church. They are a precious gift of God. And we're going to avoid the sense of haves and have-nots. Humility insists that we consider others more important than ourselves. So we don't have on our membership, do you speak in tongues? Right? We have on our membership, do you believe in Jesus? Right? That's what we have. Speaking in tongues is a minor issue, a minor doctrine. We believe in it, but we don't force it on people. Now, I, I will say as your pastor, I wish you all spoken tongues. Because I know what it does to me. I wish you all. And some of you, I know, some of you, you've talked to me before because I've preached this before. I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. I've won it, I've won it. It just hasn't happened. Just keep on. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I, I'm asking you, those who don't speak in to not discard it as something that's just out there. I'm asking you today to search scriptures and to pray and to seek it out. And allow the Lord to have his way in your life. To allow the Lord to have his way in your life. And if you get it, great. If you don't, I believe you will not miss a thing because God can provide in other ways because praying in the spirit is in tongues but it's also in your own words you can still pray in your understanding and pray in the spirit amen so i want us to definitely pray in the spirit so when i say that maybe during worship sometimes hey let's all pray in the spirit pray in your gift, 
your grace of tongues or pray in your words. But let's just be unified in prayer in that. I love this gift. So let's ask God to give us all the gifts he wants to give us. Luke 11, chapter 9, uh, chapter 11, verse 9 says, And I will tell you, this is Jesus, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So we're not going to quench the Holy Spirit here. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. We're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always. These are things that we should be doing. He says, Paul says here, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecy, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. So how do I receive these gifts? How do I receive tongues? Or how do I receive the gifts of healing, the gift of prophecy? How do I receive these? Well, ask. Ask. Ask him in prayer, in your prayer time, to give it to you. Ask him as when we have our, our prayer team come up today to say, God, I, I want this. I remember as a, as a little boy listening to this lady and thinking, I want to do that. Ask. Desire it. Ask for the Lord to help you in this. Then seek Him. Seek what the Word says about it. What does the Word say about those gifts? And get understanding about them. Next week, Pastor Alan Cook and Carol Cook, they're going to be here, and they're going to be talking about the gift of healing. Amen? I'm excited about that next week. In fact, if you know anybody sick, bring them next week. We're going to lay hands on the sick. And we are going to see them recover. Amen? Amen. So I want to encourage you to do that next week. So we seek them about these things. No matter if we don't understand them, we seek understanding because the Holy Spirit is there to also teach you all things, right? So seek it out. What What is the gift of tongues? What is the prayer language? What does that mean? Seek those things out. And then step out in faith. Remember, it's a choice. You yield to the Holy Spirit, whether it's prophecy, whether it's words of wisdom, words of knowledge, whether it's the gifts of healing, working of miracles, gifts of tongues. You step out in faith. I step out in faith every morning when I open my mouth and I pray in tongues. I step out in faith. So you got to speak it out. In fact, if you've been having a problem and not been able to do that, just open your mouth sometime and just speak whatever comes to mind. What's wrong? What if it's not right? You're doing it by faith, and you don't even know if it's right or not. I mean, but if it starts building you up, you've got it. You start feeling something on the inside, 
You know, when I feel depressed or I feel angry or I feel upset or something's happening, I start speaking in tongues. Because sometimes you just get to a place you don't even know what to pray. Because, you know, remember the, the, the disciples one time? They wanted to call fire down from heaven. How many ever get that way? That may not be the prayer you should be praying. So you maybe just need to pray in the Spirit, right? Pray in the Spirit. Step out in faith and do that. So seek Him. Ask for it. Step out in faith and do it. I wish you all spoken tongues because I know it will build you up and it will encourage you. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, right now, I just... Uh, Father, you know some things just aren't easy because we... Um, we're not there yet. We don't fully know. We know in part. Your word says even we prophesy in part. Sometimes some things are hard for us. It just goes against our flesh. And our flesh sometimes is, takes over, Lord. Our mind takes over, God. But Father, I just pray right now. We just desire what you want. And if it's in your word... We want it. We may not fully understand it, but God, we want it. We want what you want for us, God. We earnestly desire these spiritual gifts. We desire, God, speaking in tongues. We desire, not only that, the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. We want to do what's right. We want to do it when you need it. Father, we want to have the faith like that lady in, in Haiti that spoken tongues to that person and even though I thought she was crazy but she was miraculous she was supernatural I want to be like that God I don't want to do it foolishly I don't want to do it in a wrong way but I want to do it by the leading of your Holy Spirit forgive us for not believing forgive us Lord for not stepping out in faith in these things Forgive us for picking and choosing what we should believe and what we shouldn't. Help us gain everything that you have for us, God, in Jesus' name. So I pray for those right now that are, are dealing with those things, maybe dealing with confusion about it, God, that you would bring understanding about the gifts of the Spirit, and especially in the area of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Father, I pray for those who are just maybe frustrated because they've been praying for it and yet to receive it, God. Speak to them now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Release it now in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, God. We want it all. We want it all because it's for your glory. It's for what you've called us to do, who you've called us to be. It's for who you are. It's for all for your glory, Lord, in Jesus' name give it to us now so just raise your hand right where you're at please just like this just raise it to the Lord and just repeat after me Father God I want it all I want all that you have for me so bring me to that place where I can receive all of it take away the thoughts take away the things that are stopping me from receiving 
all that you want me to have in Jesus' name. And I receive it all right now by faith in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Amen. Thank you for joining us here online to listen to one of our messages here at Cornerstone. We pray that this message minister to you in a powerful way. If you would like to hear more of our messages, go to cornerstonelife.org and click on the message tab that's at the top. We pray that you have a great day and a great week. And if you need anything, we are here for you.